Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 229. Uh, I must admit, much like the video games that we'll be discussing at length in this episode, it's, uh, it's a little bit glitchy this week. We've had some technical concerns, but as always, I'm going to power through and get you folks another episode of the Uticast. Uh, this week, uh, a little something different. I went on a podcast this week. I was a guest on the 32-bit arena on the Fish Guy Media uh, Network. Uh, you can see it on YouTube, you can see it on all their platforms, but uh, folks who uh, don't know as much about video games, I cut out as much as I could that was hard video game discussion to give you guys a little bit of a highlight reel of what we did over there. So a lot of fun talking about retro games, about our video games, art, video game movies, things like that. Uh, also this week, uh, Kevin is here fighting through the sickness. Again, we're, we're doing it this week because we love you guys, and as always, we are so happy to have you here. Welcome back, folks. It's the Uticast. Um, Heather is not here. I told her to stay home. Kev, you are recovering from the sickness, and I appreciate your fortitude for fighting through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> what are you, like, day three? You seem like you seem a little more um, animated past today. That. Way past day three. Oh. You seem a little more yeah. back to normal-ish today, though, in terms of uh, being, like, around-ish. You, you, you seem pretty beat up last couple days yeah i don't really you know i think it's not my tolerance for the amount of shit that i'll deal with uh when i'm sick goes <laughs> yeah. way low i'll put yes. on i'll pretend a lot less when i'm sick um yeah when i'm sick i just don't care and i'm not gonna pretend to care i'm not gonna bother to care i don't care if you care that i don't care just don't care when i'm sick yeah i years of being friends with you i've got a good read i feel like for the most part of knowing when to not engage you and you're not feeling it mm -hmm. i don't think all of our friends and interlopers have had that same capacity no and so i lay it on extra thick for them in hopes that they can learn um but you know what can you say uh well i'm glad that you are feeling uh better ish i did tell heather to stay home because she had some sort of commitment now when she doesn't come on i don't even ask for a reason anymore i'm just like it's fine literally it's, okay. it's whatever is today a holiday yeah What's the holiday today? Veterans Day? Veterans Day. I, I went to work today, and I just I felt like it wasn't a day off. And I'm only now realizing it was a day off for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, almost everybody. Uh, how did you how did you spend your day off? Is anything interesting? What do you mean? It's Monday. <laughs> well, I had a really exciting day, actually. That's why I bring it up. Uh, oh, the excitement. I did, actually. You would think that, myself. Tell me all about it. Well, you would think that going to work on a Monday... Uh, that most people have off would be a rough go. But actually, we had a nice day. We did something called a career visit with a lot of my kids. Uh, so these are mm -hmm. not our seniors. A lot of times when I'm working with college, uh, uh, high school kids, it's kids getting ready for college. Sure. In this case, it was younger kids who were like 9th, 10th, 11th grade. So we brought them around to like a variety of different um, businesses in the city. Uh, we brought them to Utica Coffee in the morning and talked mm -hmm. to Frank Elias, GFOP Frank Elias. Uh, and then we went to Lucan's and got... Lunch, uh, pizza for lunch, and then we went to the Munson Williams Proctor Arts Institute. It was actually a really cool day. Nice. Uh, I don't get down to all three of those places as much as I should, and I enjoyed mm -hmm. myself very much in all three of those places. 
Nice. It was also really weird to like take kids to places I've been to a million times that I sort of think of as not background places, but places I'm just familiar with. Because a lot of these kids are seeing these places for the first time, which is very interesting. Right. Yeah. They like the coffee place the best. It's weird how much kids like coffee. <laughs> like, I didn't think kids like. I didn't like coffee when I was like 18 years old. They're not drinking coffee. They were drinking coffee. What do you mean when you say coffee? I mean, Frank gave all the kids like a small thing of coffee and they put cream and sugar in it. How much cream and sugar? I didn't watch. They're not drinking coffee. (laughs) I just, I, at 18, I didn't have any interest in drinking. Like, it didn't seem appealing to me. Oh, I like coffee. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I will say, one of the things I've noticed about working, like, being over there at the coffee roasters and all the folks who work over there. Great smell all the time in there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they get sick of it because they smell it every day, but, like, man, what a nice thing to go to work do every day. The mm. smell of coffee. Uh, Lucan's also the same idea. Nice to go to work every day smelling pizza. Although, pizza probably doesn't smell as nice on the way home afterwards on your no. clothes. No, well, the problem with pizza is it comes with, it's fryers. <laughs> yeah. You don't smell like pizza, you smell like fryers. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Uh, and then the last one, I just want to stop in this for a second. I'm going to come back to it in my, in my abridged... Uh, history section this week. Munson Williams Proctor Art Institute, the actual museum itself, mm-hmm. is really cool. I feel like I don't go in there all that yeah. often, and I don't know how many... I, I wonder how many people are like me who just sort of like, oh yeah, there's the museum as you drive by it to work in the morning or something. Uh, but I forget how many cool things they have going on there and how many cool different exhibits. This is not a paid ad for the mm-hmm. for the museum, by the way. I just... It's been a really long time since I've been in there. Oh, yeah? I really enjoyed myself. Yeah. I just... I haven't thought about it. I feel like getting it about once a year. Yeah? I mean, it'll be a little more if there's, um, like, some sort of exhibit that's really, like, eye-catching or something really pulls me in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they got a great spot. Um, so, outside of that, I don't have a ton of stuff this week. We didn't we really... say that every week. I, I really do not. Literally we, every week. We don't have I, a ton of stuff this week. I don't. It's going to be a bit of a stripped down not, episode. I do every not week. have anything. I gotta tell you this. Uh, that's why the interview this week. Uh, and shout out again to the boys uh, from Fish Guy Media. I'm on YouTube this week. I don't know if you saw that on the 32 bit Arena podcast. So the boys were there, and I was talking about video games. Uh, so this week's interview is actually I cut down the two and a half hours that we sat there and talked. You can go see it on YouTube and on their media if you want. Uh, I cut it down into a little bit of a, a an abridged version for you Some guys clips? to hear. Some clips, so you guys can oh, still hear right. over like an hour and a half. So a like a week off. So you've you've managed to inception yourself into being the interview guest. I didn't, on the podcast. The mistake I made. When I, I see. Went back and listened to it. I see what's going on here. Mistake I made. Real I tricky. Back. When I went back and listened to it, is that it is a lot of me talking. So get ready for. Oh yeah, that's your thing. I was laughing when you when you were playing me some of the interview with that. You went on their podcast and somehow made it your podcast. You're like, all right, guys, one more segment. A bunch of questions I got to ask you. It's like you're the guest. What are you doing? I they were making fun of me. Because yeah, I came in with, with segments. That's kind of what I'm, I do, though. That's my whole shtick. They knew what they were getting into. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if it's their show or not. It's going to be your show. If you're on the show, it's your show. If you ask me to be on the show, I will do Sam stuff for as long as you want me to do it. Your show is his show now. I will say. That show's two and a half hours. Mm. I don't think... I assumed because your show went really long. Because you were also on there a couple weeks ago on the Fishbowl. I was on... Yeah, I was, yeah, I was on the different show on yeah. that little network. Right. I wasn't on the video game show. But you went really long. that would not last long. <laughs> you went really long. Yeah. I felt like I had to match it. Mm. I, I did not, by the way. Uh-huh. You trumped me by like a half an hour. Gross. You did. We need a different word. <laughs> Sorry. Um... Uh, but yeah, so if you want to hear two and a half hours of me talking about video games, go check it out. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear 50-ish minutes of me playing, uh, talking about video games, 
Stay tuned. <laughs> I get a real kick out of you listening back to this interview and being like, wow, I'm talking a lot in this interview. Mm-hmm. I tried to cut myself out as much as possible, except one of the stories I specifically told on there I wanted to share with the listeners, which is a uh, a funny story from when I was a kid that I don't think I've ever told on this podcast in particular before. I so. see. No, it was fun. Uh, all right, so good times. Uh, we didn't really talk about Election Day at all. It's come and gone since the yeah. last time we've done it. Uh, well, because we, it was Election Day. Yes, we yeah. didn't really get a chance to talk about it. Right. And Heather's not it here. It hadn't happened. It hadn't happened. Yeah. And Heather's not here, and I'm sure she would have also liked to talk about it. But by the time she's mm-hmm. here, it will be... Come and gone. Come and gone. Uh, I guess we could start right here, and we'll just... All I have is this. I, I don't feel happy about a lot of the stuff. But a lot of the people I voted for didn't win. I'll just put it that way. Okay. Uh, and it was a bit of a shame. <laughs> that was my voting, my election day experience. Uh what did you think? How did you feel after the end of uh, election day last week? Did you the, feel the day as a whole? Yeah, but your your choices and about how everything turned out. Were you excited? Were you displeased? Um, not enough people vote. That's all. Yeah. I mean, we made a point to not really talk about races or whatever. I guess, and I think you're trying to like not talk about races while talking about a race or whatever. But as a general whole, I think just not enough people are voting. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? There's some. I mean, people we got like ten thousand people voting in a city with something in the neighborhood of like forty, forty-five thousand eligible voters. Yeah, and I guess what can you do to get more people out to vote is the question that Nobody I knows. guess ponder. We all ponder over. I just mm-hmm. don't know. Is it just apathy for a lot of people, or is it just the unwilling? It's is a lot exa- of things. It's not exactly apathy. Apathy fits, but it's not the exact right word. Yeah, because I could because it's more of a it's more of a lack of disinterest mm-hmm. or disengagement than it is apathy. To me, would be like you're sitting there and conscious, like, well, I'm not going to go vote today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't care who wins. I'm not like that. It's not really that, but it's a lack of disengagement. Yeah. People aren't even like paying attention, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, Plus, nobody runs good campaigns. It's Literally, a great nobody point, yeah. in this. I have never seen. I gotta. I gotta rethink it. And might be completely wrong, but like nobody in this city runs any like good campaigns that actually reach out to people. It's. It's like everybody's yeah. stuck in like 2004, mm-hmm. and it's kind of weird, and it's a shame to see because people aren't reaching demographics because they're just running like outdated, poorly put together campaigns. Yeah, and I'm think, not some campaign manager. You know, far be it for me to sit here and act like the expert, but my God, it's not that hard to reach more people than you're reaching. You could have won. Yeah, uh, it's it's a shame too because I think people turn to people that they know for these kind of things, right? Like they turn to people who think they know in their best. Yeah, interests. Or they allow themselves to be sold by yeah. idiots. Yeah. No. that too. That's you know also I mean? fair. Uh, so yeah, election day is coming gone. We have uh, another year, then we got another one of these things coming up. We'll talk about that between now and then. Uh, let's talk about a couple of things real quick before we go to this week's interview. Uh, one, uh, I guess this was a, a big national talking point out of uh, a guy from upstate New York. Have you read? Have you followed this Bob Lonsberry boomer story on the internet? Do you have any takes on this before I dig into some of the details here? Takes on what part? It's uh, a big thing. Yeah, what all right. take do you want? So uh, I'll just give you guys the start here. Upstate New York radio host Bob Lonsberry, if you didn't know, got ridiculed online last week after comparing the word boomer to the N-word. Uh, he said that it is the N-word of ageism and being hip and flipped does not make bigotry okay, nor is it a derisive epitaph acceptable because it is new. Uh, do you find Boomer... Did, did you, how did you feel about this? Did you laugh it off or did you think it Bob was... Bob Lonsberry got kicked off the radio for saying racist stuff and calling a guy who won in Rochester a monkey. Mm. I don't know if everybody wants to forget that about Bob. No, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. It's dumb. This is some. This is exactly why we have to say okay, Boomer, to the idiots. Yeah. 
This is foolish, awful, and horrible. Uh, I guess I'm dumb. <laughs> Just dumb. What a bad take. What a bad, bad take. This is why we say it. What a bad take, you crybabies. You crybaby old people. You're not going to the good nursing homes. We're not putting you in the good homes. Uh, if you, I thought this was funny. Syracuse.com's uh, recap of this is, The phrase OK Boomer, popularized on video streaming app TikTok, has become a meme. A oh line of God, merchandising. I hate, I hate old people so much. <laughs> a quick it's so way tough. to mock boomers over issues like rising inequality, climate change, increased college tuition costs, and divisive politics. So that's a very <laughs> good, good paragraph. It's yeah, not man. a good paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible paragraph. Um, I, I it's did. A it's a. It was a weird. I thought it was. I thought it was weird, but also not surprising that this story got weird national coverage, like, all over the place. Everything gets weird national coverage, because it's meant to generate, like, just strife and people, <laughs> like, talking about it and making mounds out of molehills. I should have just made Bob Lonsberry, uh, done with this guy. I haven't brought that segment back. I have a new segment, though, that I didn't want to double up on, I'm done with this guy, and thanks, I hate it. So there you go. <laughs> I see. <laughs> All right, uh, do you want to talk about the Popeye's chicken sandwich and why people are killing each other over it, or do we want, do we want to blow a red pie? I mean, I'm... <laughs> go ahead. Just No, I just... I, I thought... Tell it, me what you want from me. <laughs> no, I just don't know. I, I just thought it was odd this week that uh, people were killing each other, not only over a sandwich, but over a sandwich that's already been out. We have already tasted it. Well, no, no, nobody had it, though. <laughs> Well, now we have it. What do we? <laughs> they may want it. Now, my question is they this. They don't have it. It's obviously not a question of we killed each other over a sandwich. At all. It's a question of people getting in fights in lines for a sandwich that escalate into mm-hmm. people killing each other, I would assume. Right. <laughs> one guy got stabbed. Amity's been murdered. I don't think one person should get stabbed over a sandwich. No, probably not. But, I mean, I don't think that all the people who get hurt on Black Friday should get hurt on Black Friday. No, those people... Well, it's a lot yeah. easier to laugh about it when it's a fried chicken joint, but it's gross and everybody does it. So I don't really know... I mean, I want Anybody one does sandwiches. anything like that. It's just not... I, I still want one of the sandwiches. Yeah, I love, I love chicken sandwiches, yes. I don't have any sympathy for the Black Friday people, by the way. I, no, no, none at all. No. Oh my god, no. <laughs> no, no, I hope Walmart collapses into the earth. <laughs> we're, we're, I hope a sinkhole opens up underneath Walmart every Black Friday. I went to my sister's house yesterday for dinner. I had a great time. She made a great pot roast. But you know what? Her house is fully decorated for Christmas. That's yeah. fine. Nah. That's got nothing to do with Black Friday. I'm just saying. Beyond nothing. The to Christmas, do with I'm saying holiday season is already here. It's honest. Yeah, of course it Christmas is. It's is, November. Christmas might as well be next week. Yeah, but it's November. It's terrible. Are you mad about the calendar I now? I am. Oh, I'm I see. so right. mad. Yeah. Um, Good. Join me. Come over to the dark side. I'm full of hate. What's next? <laughs> well, my car's not back. So Hate we it. talked about that. Hate it. I'm, I just got it. I have, get lo- it. I have a loaner car right now, which is a very strange uh, scenario, especially now that I've had it for like three days. It's kind of becoming my car now. You're going to just be like, just, I'm just keeping the loaner? There's something wrong with the loaner too. What's wrong with the loaner? I don't know. I'm, I'm not driving around much in it. It's also a loaner that's very similar to my real car, which right. is very odd. Um, I don't even want to get into what's wrong with my car, but it's just Great. another episode of bad luck, Sam. Do I have worse luck than most people you know? No. You don't think so? Not really. I feel like I get a lot of not bad really. breaks. You get a lot of mileage out of your bad luck, though. I do. I feel like it's not a bad luck thing, for nope. example. Uh, but I'll put it this way, right? If I am hanging around the table with the boys, mm-hmm. and we're all playing quick draw at the bar, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the little machine, I will not win anything. Just, it's not going to happen. 
I never, I, I do not have luck in that way. Whereas our buddy Steve will win three hundred dollars on scratch offs in like mm-hmm. a two day period. That would never happen to me. Right. I have bad like out. He's got like stunted good luck though. <laughs> I feel like when it comes to like sudden news, if I get news that's out of nowhere, it's almost assuredly bad. <laughs> yeah, bad news travels a lot. Yeah, yeah. Good news does not make its way around very quick. Yeah, um, no. The cars are tough because it's just you know you got bad luck with cars because they're high mileage cars and you are not the most gentle driver. It's true. Mm, yeah. These things happen. Strong driver, very strong. Uh, all right, and let's uh, let's just do a quick uh, thanks. I hate it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just this week in general. Thanks. I hate it. It's been a rough week. Uh, this one has to do with a product I saw on the internet. It is enchanted jewelry by Disney for Zales. That's right. If you want to get married with a ring that looks like something a Disney princess would wear, you can buy Disney princess jewelry and wedding rings. I don't. I'm sure that there are people who are very excited about this. Yeah, smart. Probably the people who spend seventy thousand dollars to get married at Disney World. <laughs> I hate it. I don't know why. It just feels. I don't know. You're. It's something marketed for children. No, but you're selling to adults. I not at all. Right? No, no. Why is it marketed to children? I don't know. Not not the jewelry, the Disney product in general. Like you, not really. I don't. Know. Everything. No, everything. This is stuff that used to be marketed to children hmm. in the '90s, and then those children became adults and couldn't let it go. So now it's all marketed to adults, just like everything else in our culture. Uh, I I don't I don't know. Something about it feels very cheap and quick cash any. I don't yeah, know. Of course, it, it is. I I you know something. It doesn't yeah. feel. And I feel bad for somebody who, like, buys something like this and really earnestly, like, excited about it when I'm like, this feels like a cheap money grab. Well, let them be excited. I suppose. Thank you, Zales, for Enchanted Jewelry. You don't need Disney. to thank Zales on the podcast. Thank Zales, you. Send us money but if I you want it. to thank you. Bleep uh, that. No. Bleep Zales. No. I was going to give him the thank you, I hate it. You just shut me off beforehand. No, we're not thanking Zales on the podcast. The bad guys. Alright. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's just get to this week's interview. It's been a it's been a crazy week. Heather should be glad she's not here this week. <laughs> uh, oh, so we had a really nice time talking uh, with uh, Josh and Phil from the thirty two bit uh, thirty two bit arena podcast. It's on YouTube, which is a really weird concept for me to like do a podcast where you're on camera the whole time. Mm-hmm. I noticed that when I was over there too, and it's funny because that's kind of become the wave, you know. Yeah. You think about you're always put on YouTube videos like podcasts that you know you heard, but you're like, oh, I better watch the video. And it's like you know you think about a lot of the top podcasts, everybody kind of does it. We're more in the minority in the sense that we don't you know we don't do much video content for the podcast at all. We don't have any plans to grow or pivot to video either. You know, it's not something that we're really looking to do. It's not that it's, it's not that it's not something I haven't thought about. No, oh, sure. It's just that the logistics of it, <coughs> after I get home on a Monday and I'm all tired and beat up and doing, like, other stuff, I the last thing I want to do is, like, be on camera <laughs> while I'm doing it. Like, I'm just, I like being able to sort of relax and do this podcast in sweatpants and drink coffee, and I don't know if I'd want to do that if I was performing on the air. I mean, I'm pretty percent. sure you could still drink coffee and wear pants on the air. Not, like, I couldn't be a schlub the way you I You put right a camera now. under the table? Maybe. Gross. Maybe. Gross. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, thank you to uh, to Josh and Phil. Had a great time talking about video games. This is just a collected uh, variety of a couple of things we talked about. So they brought me on there to talk about the new video game, which I am playing. It's called Outer Worlds. Uh, so we talked about that for like an hour, but I, I saved you guys that particular portion of the podcast. Um, 
But I talked about old retro gaming and NES, and I told a really funny story about a game called Wrath of Black Manta, which I'll tell to Kevin later. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a nice time uh, sort of doing cross-promotion stuff over there. So uh, yeah, thanks a lot to the boys from 32-Bit Arena. Had a great time talking about games. Here's a bit of a highlight reel for all the new cast listeners. Watching the Liverpool Manchester City match before I came here, I woke up early this morning after being awake very late playing Outer Worlds to watch a soccer game between two teams I don't really care about. Like I'm one of sure. those kind of guys, right? Yeah. right? Okay. Like uh, FIFA, weirdly for me, more than a game that I played online against people, and which has been fun and Ultimate Team and all that kind of stuff, which is itself is a whole I could do a whole episode on why Ultimate Team is a scam for both Madden and for FIFA, right. but. Um, but, like, those games taught me the rules of soccer. Like, when I was a younger dude, like, 2007, 8, 9, yeah. and I would watch a soccer game, and I didn't really know what I was watching, FIFA games sort of helped me understand what a formation was, like, right. how to pass. Like what it, So now when I watch a game on soccer, I'm like, that's a FIFA pass right there, that weird through ball that yes. no guy would ever normally do in real life. But weirdly, I think that's why I have a soft spot in my heart for FIFA, because it sort of helps me understand what I'm watching on TV when I watch it, yes. which is another weird sort of side thing about FIFA about sports games. No, yeah. it, well, it's uh, it's weird that you bring that up because I learned this week that the U.S. military, the Department of Defense, had actually uh, helped, actually solely developed when Doom 2 had come out. They developed <laughs> uh, uh, Marine Doom, which was a yep. port um, to... Uh, it was the Doom game, but it was a port to just strictly a military setting. Mm -hmm. And it was against the Nazis, and it was to actually train Marines and give them, like, a, uh, you know, a taste of the combat scenario. It's weird how this kind of shit comes out. And it's, you're talking about, like, the, the, you know, learning different skill sets and shit like that uh, through video games. So, I mean, you see, yeah, Marine Doom, America's Army, uh, that's famously put together by the U.S. Army, and that was used as a uh, recruiting tool. Mm -hmm. um, I remember that, yeah. Yes, uh, and it was controversial when it was rated uh, T for Teen, because it was targeting the 13 to 16-year-old yeah. audience for an obvious reason, <laughs> and that was to get them recruited at 18 after high school. Uh, and so it, it's weird to see how video games are, are used uh, in different capacities to learn physical skill sets or aid in the learning of physical skill sets. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I don't know, just an interesting little fucking side note. I had for you. No, I, it's actually, it's funny because I was thinking, I remember when that was a story, like that the yes. military had made like a video game yes. to train people. Um, and I guess I wonder where that goes in the era of like virtual reality going forward. Right. Like, I was just about to bring yeah. that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think there's going to be a serious readdressing of, of that specifically using it in the Department of Defense and, and developing video games for military use. Uh, in the next year, I, I really believe, if not, it's already in use. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, 
but it's yeah, we have that technical capability right now, yeah. and I imagine in a year it's only going to get better, and it's only going to get better quickly. Isn't that what uh, that movie Ender's Game is about? Like the kid is yes. like a mili- He's basically a real time strategy game commander, yes. and then they're like, "Oh, surprise! This wasn't a simulation. You've been killing people the whole time, right?" Isn't that the whole? I, no spoiler alert for the Ender's Game, which is a twenty five year old book or whatever. But um, I think that's what, I think that's what yeah. movie's about. Actually, right? It, it, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see over the next year uh, or a year and a half what comes out of this. Yeah. So you're, are you playing FIFA now? The only time I play FIFA now is I still have FIFA 18. I do, sure. cre- I do create a player sometimes, but I don't make myself. I just make up a player sometimes and put him on a different team. Uh, but that's mostly like if my buddy, if Justin, my buddy, comes over and, uh, and we just want to play a game against each other, just something, just goofing around, yeah. something like that. Uh, honestly... I have a retro pie at home, like a, yes, ra- a Raspberry nice. Pi with all the Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, uh, TurboGrafx-16, arcade games, Atari games, like weird modded games that just happen to be on there, like all sorts of stuff. I end up playing that probably more than I play anything else. So what's else. your go-to on that then when you're talking retro? Oh, man, this is, uh, this is, a, really, this is a really fringe one. Um, and matter of fact, I'm going to press my record button right now. Okay. Because uh, this seems like a good time to, to talk about the segment that I, I'm going to shoot at you guys real quick okay. here for a minute. It's sure. called uh, Besides the Classics. And I came okay. up with five uh, different little era-specific things in order uh, about video games that I remember that were sort of weirdly important to me at different times. Okay. okay? Uh, but to answer your question, the game that I've been playing the most in the last year on that RetroPie is me and my buddy Justin... Uh, have been playing a Sega Genesis golf game called Arnold Palmer Tournament Golf. It's from 1989. Okay. It is, uh, this is a common Sam Familaroism. It's so much more fun than it has any right to be. Like, it should not, <laughs> it should not be as much fun as it is. It's got this weird, like, repeating theme song that, like, you'd think is annoying, but, like, you'll be walking around singing right. it for the next, like, two hours. It's really simple. We would do, like, a whole tournament. We would play the same. And the way we would do it is... Me and him would play three holes apiece back and forth. So we would be the same guy. Okay. And we'd play against the computer for a whole season. I'd do three holes. He'd do three holes. we go back and forth. Right. Uh, and we just do a whole, like, I think it's like 12 matchups yes. or whatever it is. And that's actually what I really like about playing a lot of these retro games is unlike Fallout, the old Fallout, 120 hours. Right. Uh, even Outer Worlds, 30 hours. You can beat Arnold Palmer Tournament Golf with the password system. Uh in probably five hours, six hours, yeah. like really realistically, yeah. if you and your buddies are like like fucking around, it's right. So that's probably the game I've played the most of. Uh, oh, of that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Uh, but besides the classics, uh, I'm just gonna mention a couple th- games really quick that okay. are very common influences on everybody. Yes. So there's no point in us having. It's like saying your favorite band's the Beatles, right? So uh, Metroid, yes. Super mm-hmm. Mario World, yes. Um, Zelda games, particularly the first Legend of Zelda, right. uh, uh, Link to the Past, and SNES. Okay, fine. Yoshi's Island, Contra, okay. Duck, DuckTales, shit like that. Grand Theft Auto games. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually want to play the remastered DuckTales game. I heard it's not quite as good. They, like, it's re- not. Okay. It's not. Play the yeah. original. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, the one thing I'll say about the classics of this is I want a, I want a tattoo. Uh, I want a Metroid tattoo. Not of Samus, just of the Metroid. The old, like... Official artwork yes. of the Metroid. I want that. On I have a space uh, oh, tattoo. Oh, you're yeah. talking about like the parasite, or you're talking about this? Yeah, the actual group. little like circle. The little, yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. Circle character, the gotcha. little tiny Metroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, totally, I'm down uh, for that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I grew up again. I'm 33 years old, so date me the way you will. I had older sisters 
my dad had a lot of disposable income. Uh-huh. Uh, so we had a lot of stuff around the house. We had nice TV, we had VCRs, like that. Stuff I assumed that other people had in their house growing up. Right. Only later on, I was like, oh, I didn't know everyone didn't have a Nintendo. Right. So my sisters had a Nintendo in the house growing up as a kid. So I had tons and tons of games. And I remember a, a couple really specific games that were kind of out there. So if you guys remember any of these, let me know. The first one is a game from SNK for regular Nintendo called Gorilla War. Have you ever heard of this game, Gorilla War? Uh, I might have, but if you okay. start describing it, I okay. would tell you. Uh, I have a picture in my mind. I can tell you that. <laughs> Total side. It's kind of like an Akari Warriors style game okay. where you are shooting up the top of the screen. Okay. Right? Like you're you're yes. walking up the screen right. and you're two characters shooting upwards and you have grenades and, yes. and gun, right? Look up the game on the internet. I, I went to college and I went to Hunter College in New York for my history degree. I have a history degree, uh, bachelor's degree in history. And my my major, really, my, even though it was history, my real like focus was 20th century Latin American revolutions. I wrote my thesis about like the Nicaraguan Sandinista revolution. Okay. Like, you know, just, just yes. wild stuff like that, right? This game is fundamentally a video game about throwing a coup against um, Fidel Castro. You are no you. Shit. It's you are going through the island of Cuba and fighting all these enemies. It's it, it doesn't explicitly say so. Yeah, but go just look up the video game on on Wikipedia. I know people out there. Guerrilla War for SNK. Me and my dad played this game all the time. Unlimited continues. All you have to do is just press start. So you just right. you could just continue on and on and on until the end of the game, Unlimited even if you die a million continues. times. Ugh. Yeah, it, it was like an arcade style shooter, yeah. right? So it, it wasn't meant to be like save right. and continue. You could beat the whole game in three hours, right? Another yes. one of those kind of games. So that's a good internet deep dive if you're looking for okay. one. Um, I'm a huge Godzilla nerd, so I played a lot of Rampage. Yes! Of mm-hmm. the, the shitty Godzilla NES game, which yes. is god terrible. It's one of the worst. But here's a really deep dive nerd thing. There was a pretty interesting creepypasta on the internet about a haunted copy of the Godzilla video game. I remember that. It's, it's not scary so much as it is really creative. Yes. Like, I was just like, wow, it's really impressive that you went through and did all this like pixel art. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so the not-so-shitty sequel of that, I remember I loved on the N64 Rampage World Tour. Did you ever play World that? Tour. I actually... With I, the upgraded graphics I don't find shit. any of the Rampage games to be shitty. They're just monotonous. Yes. They have a shelf life of about 45 minutes where you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. This is, right. This is whack. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, but when I was a kid, that's all I was asking for. Be King Kong, be Godzilla. Yep. Punch the building down. Um, pro Wrestling. For NES, I've, told, I've talked to you guys about being a wrestling fan already. Yes. Love the WWE growing up. There are not good wrestling WWE video games until really the N64. Even the Super Nintendo SNES games are trash. However, the regular NES black box game just called Pro Wrestling, featuring such classic wrestlers as Starman... The Amazon. Oh, I know exactly what you're <laughs> yes. talking about. Spawn yep. Car. Back before the Great Panther. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing with sports games back then because franchises yeah. weren't giving up the rights to Can their. Have more of these? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Phoenix. Franchises were not uh, giving up the rights to their names. 
Uh, so it was like even in NBA games or NFL games or, you know, what you could say are NFL games. Uh, it was like you would have uh, not the New York, you know, not the New York Knicks. You would have like the New York uh, uh, whatever else. <laughs> the New whatever. York Wall Streeters. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever yeah. else generic fucking name that you would get for you. It it was basically like getting the uh, the the great value version of whatever you were playing, the Walmart brand yeah. of you know. Uh, now a couple things about that, which is really interesting to me as a wrestling fan, even though these were fake characters, yes, growing up, I could sort of tell who they were supposed to be, right? So even though I knew right. that Starman was not a real character, I'm like that's supposed to be Rey Mysterio Jr. <laughs> do you know yes. what I mean? Like, yeah. so as a kid, it was sort of fun to like do that thing, and that's a game I've come back around on as an adult. And I'm like, you know what, this game, it's surprisingly deeper than you give it credit for. Like for a Nintendo game with two buttons, yeah. you're like, wow, you can do a lot of shit in this game, considering, right? right? Uh, and it makes you wonder why wrestling games are so hard now because they're not because they're not fun. They try to make them real. Wrestling's not real, guys. Yes. I hate to say it to you guys. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Hate to burst your bubble on the Fish Guy Media Network, but wrestling is not real. They um, actually tried to petition to get Starman into Smash Brothers. Did they? Yeah. Uh, yo, I saw the yo. petition for that, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." So, um, I I'm sorry. Go on. No, 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 I don't no, no, want to. No, I don't want to. I was talking about pro wrestling, uh, yes. but that game. Um, that, no, that was just one I liked as a kid because it was the first pro wrestling game that I actually liked because all the other ones I liked in spite of the fact that it was garbage. Much like WWE's product currently. I like <laughs> it in, fact of the, in spite of the fact that it's kind of trash. I think the yeah. last one WWE I played was 2008. Mm. Uh, and that was uh, back in the days of, uh, oh, who was on the cover of that one? Randy Orton or Bobby Lashley? He hears One voices the, in his head. Yes. Randy Orton. I hear voices in my head. Yeah, Randy Orton. Is your, is your headset fucked up? Yeah, it keeps on that like fucking cutting. fucking wire. Are you shaking on. out? Yeah. yeah, it's been cutting oh. off. That wire's See, Randy Orton, he, out of nowhere, he came in here and he... <laughs> I love Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> such an asshole. And he's created uh, so, many, mm. so many good memes on the internet. Um, uh, uh, I want to say one game that I'm only going to talk about quickly because of the music, because I love. That's okay. another big selling point. Yeah, yes. I, I am 100% on board with that. I love music. Did you, what, what's your? Is there a video game song that you think is your favorite video game theme song? The Kingdom of Zeal from Chrono Trigger. Okay, so I did not. I'm Had only it aware, on yeah. deck. Wow, that was really good. Uh, mine is from a Nintendo game called Kid Icarus, and. Pit. Pit from Kid Icarus, yep. and not the not the opening screen, but the the minute the first level starts, there's this song that's like, there's something about it, and I just played. I'm like, fuck yes. I'm like, I am ready to save whatever princess and shoot whatever eggplant lizard there is. I don't care. And that was like the first video game as a kid that I was like, oh, that's that's kind of, like I paid attention yeah. to the music yes. because yeah. of uh, For me, that was uh, and generic Legend of Zelda the Ocarina of Time. I actually learned how to play every song on the piano. Um, and not hard, you know, obviously they're really simple notes and shit yeah. like that, but I mean, it was like I remember as a kid, Seven, eight years old, uh, just sitting down and learning how to play every fucking song on the, And I'm not even talking about just the ones that you played in the game on the Ocarina. I'm talking about, like, the intro music. Uh, I mean, all of it. I friggin' loved the soundtrack to that game. Uh, so much so that I... I'm sorry. And no. so much so that I actually mod uh, the Elder Scrolls games with the uh, Legend of Zelda soundtrack on it. <laughs> it's a good soundtrack. It is fantastic. Uh, I, uh, I have a rap track... 
not a, not that I'm rapping on, but like the beat for like a rap song yes. that is the the death music from Legend of Zelda. Yes. And there's like a drum beat and horns behind it. It's one of my finer pieces of music. There was, uh, <laughs> there's an artist named Lindsay Sterling. She's a yeah. famous violinist. Yep. She does oh my all She's that awesome. Legend of Zelda. Yeah. All the Nintendo yeah. music, actually. Yeah. She's really she talented. Does, uh, she does, she messes with like also some uh, anime songs. She's yeah, uh, she did man, the Halo, Halo theme song. Um, all of my favorite video games i just have a connection with their music like donkey kong country 2 from the uh, snes yeah uh, there's like three songs from there that i actually have on the workout playlists just because it just keeps me motivated and pumped you know what's going to add on there uh is another game that i'm going to mention real quick is the nes game batman the batman nes yes. game from sunsoft uh, yes it has this it's not the Batman music. That's the part that's crazy because a lot of times you get a licensed game and you want to hear like the licensed song, like you want to hear the Ghostbusters theme. It's not that. Yeah. It's but like the, it's just this killer eight bit track. You just hear it. And you want to like smash your head through walls. You're like, I am Batman. Yeah. I am. I am the knight. Like yeah. I am vengeance. I am vengeance. Yeah. And but uh, it's like okay, so you go back to the NES days when you know you would want to hear the Batman song. It's like you think about how much data you could actually fit on one of those NES cartridges. That's why you didn't hear the Batman theme song. They had to use sounds that were already in the game to create a soundtrack. Uh, the famous one, Banjo-Kazooie. Every sound, almost yeah. every sound in that is recycled and slowed yeah. down, sped up to make different. That's it's really incredible that. how those work. Yeah, yeah, because you didn't have the data. You, I yeah. mean, you had at most, I think it was like, shit, like eight kilobytes okay. back at that time. Uh, and I will, I will leave you with one last NES game and then yes. we'll move on, okay? Also, shout out to a game called Shadowgate from NES, which was the first video game that ever scared me. The first, like, scary okay. video game when I was a kid. It's not a... Um, NES? NES. It's really? called Shadowgate. It is a point-and-click style game, so, like, the whole action takes place in, like, one little corner of the screen, and then there's, like, yes. you have a, a list of commands and a list of stuff you keep. As a kid, I didn't understand it. Like, mm. it was confusing, and it was very easy to die, and there's always these really creepy pictures of, like, death and all these terrible ways you would die in, like, this medieval castle. And as yes. a kid... One of the first video games that I was like, I would not play in the dark. That and Friday the 13th for NES where Jason would come out and yeah. stab you and shit. Uh, but the game I'm going to mention is a real obscure game. It's called Wrath of Black Manta. Okay. In the era that I grew up in, uh, a lot of my video game, when a game would come out, I would hear about it through Nintendo Power or GamePro or EGM Magazine or one of these monthly publications that would come out to terrestrial stores that my dad would sometimes... My parents were divorced. My, my dad would take me to in the weekends and we'd go to the... Yeah. Store, like, go get me a video game magazine. It would be a you know, game... Pro. And I remember specifically an advertisement for a game called Curse, A Wrath of Black Manta. And it was just like, ninja... It was the most generic bullshit you've ever seen. Yes. Ninjas killing street thugs. Yes. Like, I think the street, the street thugs name was like Stingray or some bullshit like that, right? Uh, corn pop for any political folks <laughs> out there. Uh, so like you, you're a ninja, and you're up there, and you're cleaning up the streets. Now, my dad owned a hardware store in Webster Ave in East Utica. It's no longer there, but it was okay. like a true value hardware store. And I used to sit there during the week and hang out when my dad was working. My grandparents lived upstairs. And across the street was a video rental store, which is a place in the 90s where you would go and rent a physical copy of something and then have to bring it back a couple yes. days later. And for months... Or not. Or not, or not, right? <laughs> and I remember the game... The store actually had a, a cutout of the Wrath of Black Manta video game, so I knew it was coming. And I right. was like, fuck yes, as a kid. I, didn't know, I didn't, couldn't swear back then, so as a kid, I was like, heck yes. Yes, right? You know what right. I mean? um, so I remember... It's a fucked up story. 
I went out and I rented the game. It uh-huh. was finally there. I went out early in the morning with my dad. He walked me across the street. We rented the game, bring it back to the store. After he goes to work, I'm going to take the game home, and I'm going to play the game. Yes. One of my favorite things to do while working at the hardware store was my dad had a big, giant safe in the back where you would put your, you know, your money that you made during the day. Right, your records, yes. Pre-internet, so you had to like, keep all your records and shit. Books, and, yeah. Books and shit. And I, he used to let me slam the door on the safe, this big, giant head. Right, yeah. Tell me if you see where this is going. Uh, so I go in at the end of the day to slam the safe, and instead of hearing that very satisfying uh, I already, chunk, oh I hear, wham! Because it, I had slammed my finger, my middle left uh, finger of my left hand, in the safe and broken the tip of my finger. And I am screaming. Yes. My dad is losing his shit. Right, because he's just ready to pack up his stuff and go home. Right. And I'm just like, oh, let me go. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Right. And my dad, God love him, takes me <laughs> takes me in the car. We have his old, like, 1987 Dodge Windstar with the wood paneling yes. on the side. And I'm, he's driving me to the hospital. He's like, you know, he's my grandfather's calling my mom on the on the landline. And he's, I'm, in the, I'm like, I'm crying in the car. I'm whimpering. He's like, uh, uh, and he's just like, come on, buddy. It's going to be all right. I'm yeah. like, and I just said to him, I was like, how am I going to play Wrath <laughs> of Black Manta uh, with my figure? And he's just like, God, you are an embarrassment. <laughs> he's like, you are. Uh, and total side note, Wrath of Black Manta sucks. It's a terrible video game. It's one of the, I, by the time I did get home and play, I was like, this is it. This is, right. this is the I game. Broke my finger I for broke my shit. finger for Black, uh, Wrath of Black Manta. So that's, uh, that's one of those games that has historically kind of stuck with me over the oh, years. Oh, that's, no, um, that's fucking hilarious. Um, the f- I'm curious, there's something I always got to ask. Do you play fighting games at all? I actually, I'm glad you said that because I set up a separate little corner here called the Fighting Games Corner. Okay. Uh, because again, retro gamer, if you want to call me yes. that, right? Um, in terms of newer fighting games, I am, there's certain things I like and certain things I don't. My, what's your? So I'll let you start here because I feel like I'm already stepping all over you. All right. So what, uh, what's your fighting game that you grew up with, and what are you are you playing them currently? All of them. All of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I absolutely love fighting games. Yeah. I love the memorization of combos. I love uh, the introduction of new characters. I love the vague but interesting storylines. I've always loved fighting games. Mm-hmm. The most current one that I've played is obviously I, I'm still playing Smash Brothers regularly. Yeah, Smash Brothers. A little bit yeah, here and great. there. Um, in fact, they just dropped a brand new character from another game that I've met yeah. meddled with. Terry Bogard yep. fr- from um, Fatal Fury. Yep, I just saw that. One right. of the SNK, uh, SNK franchises. Um, I played that a little bit. That was one of the ones that was kind of yeah. off. I didn't have an SNK. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So I, I knew, I know of Terry Bogard from like old arcade games from back in the day, but I couldn't yeah. tell you much besides but that. I played the ball, like Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Street yep. Fighter. Um, my favorite right now, like I love Smash Brothers with all my heart, but the Injustice series. I actually wrote that down over here. It uh, is yeah. the Injustice 2 series. Yeah. I'm going to argue right now is the best fighting game that's out well, like I'll, it's perfect i'll tell you why is for a guy like me who i look at a game like um I'm trying to think of a more complex fighting game like something like uh, a marvel versus capcom 3 yeah right <laughs> there's so much going on mm-hmm. there's so much shit that i have no idea what i'm looking at a game like injustice the first uh, number one and number two and even to a certain extent a lot of these nether realms mortal Kombat yeah. games they are user-friendly in a way where it looks cool, but you don't have to learn a thousand different things and right. hit them all in order, and it doesn't... feels like you're in control of everything, and that's yeah. one of the things I really like about a good fighting game. 
And you mentioned one that I also wrote down here. Uh, I was a PlayStation guy as well, original PlayStation. Yep. Tekken 3 is actually I knew probably... you were going to say that. Tekken 3 is one of the yeah. best fighting games of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you use Eddie as well? <laughs> you know what? I used to get mad when people would use Eddie. Yeah, I, we um, had a rule in the house, don't use Eddie. <laughs> I am. Uh, I was strictly a Hwarang yep, Hwarang, and yep. uh, King. Again, professional wrestling. So yeah. the Jaguar head guy, King. Those, that was my one-two team. If I was playing Tekken Tag oh, Tournament, man, love that King game. and Hwarang was my, my one-two. Tekken sort of vanished, though, for me. Like, uh, I, it used to be in the arcade at the mall for Sangatown Square when mm-hmm. that was a thing for anyone around here who remembers I remember that. that. But I, I actually I yeah. hate to interrupt you, but no, no. back was, when the tech, it was Tekken 4 at the mall. I yep. remember going mm-hmm. there when mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I'm 31, by the way. Oh, so, so you're right in the same wheelhouse yeah, as me. Yeah, 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 cool. Um, so I remember going to the mall, and me and my buddies would want to play Tekken. There was this guy who was standing, sit, standing at player two with a controller. In his hand, <laughs> and was plugged somehow into oh the machine. God. So I, and but he wasn't standing close enough, so I didn't know what was going on. So I go up. I was going to do like the classic arcade mode. Sure. He goes in, tosses in a quarter, and kicks my ass. Yeah. Well, he's got a controller. And then, and then Sam's going, well, you see, back when I was a kid, I used to go to Sangertown Square Mall and hook up a controller to the Tekken game, and I would stand just far enough to fuck with the kids who were playing. Like, I will leave this as it is. When I was old enough to go to the Sangertown Square, I definitely made out behind the Tekken 4 machine. Ooh. True story. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like <laughs> I, true story. I wasn't at the point I was bragging yet. Camp I knew what fun. I was doing. Humble brag. But, um, I didn't get into the competitive version of gaming until, like... I would mm. say when the for the new Mortal Kombat came out, the sure. the, the when Nether Realms took over, mm-hmm. so Mortal Kombat Nine, like with the new system. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I got I have that one actually. Yeah, floating around Xbox I started doing the competitive version. I would oh, like yeah. look for tournaments and oh, stuff wow. like that, and then I found out there's a gigantic Smash community, which we, I'm not getting on that right now. Right. Um. Like, I just love it. There's something about fighting games that like you actually know how good you are in a game. Yeah. In other video games, you you kind of can't tell like. The right. ranking systems are not always like, for example, on old school Halo or any shooting game, like you need to be playing so much to yes. know, like to get a ranking. And if you don't, if you stop playing, your thing falls. But if in a fighting game, you at least have a rough idea where you stand well, and how good you are. That's the barrier of entry for a guy like me against mm-hmm. the game like Call of Duty, against the game like right. playing Street Fighter Five online. There's no way. I'm going to go online and play somebody within the yeah. first ten matches and win. And just it's well, not going to okay, happen. So th- uh, moving beyond from that was number two was uh, I wrote down just Fallout New Vegas, uh, but I think the real precursor to this to to really go back was uh, Grand Theft Auto Three. Yes, okay. Um, I remember getting Grand Theft Auto Three for Christmas. I had a PlayStation Two that year, and um, first time I'd ever had a game where you could just go do whatever you wanted. Right. right. The first real yeah. idea where it's like I don't even have to play the game. I can drive around in a taxi and yes, and hit people in the car. And was that San Andreas or Vice? That was three. three. Just three. Oh, yes. okay. Pre-San Andreas. Yeah, Pre-Vice, so. yeah. San Andreas I also really liked as well, but yeah. I just, time and place, like I had just gotten the PlayStation right. 2. That game was super controversial at the time. It, yes. People were like, you can you can kill a hooker in this game. Well, you can kill a hooker in real life, I suppose. Like, right. what's the difference? Just don't do it, right? You don't have to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember that being a conversation going on a lot, and that that game sort of opened me up for looking for I don't, we call it like looter shooter, open world, yes. like uh, non-linear style gameplay experiences, uh, which would lead to my huge obsession with Fallout, Fallout New Vegas. I'm a big Stephen King mark. I have a Stephen King tattoo in my arm. Okay, I read like The Stand is my favorite book, so I think there's oh, a okay. you can make you can draw a direct correlation between how much I love the book The Stand 
how much I love Grand Theft Auto 3 and why Fallout is like this thing that I like right. the most. It's like, you know, Grand Theft Auto 3 inside the stand. <laughs> right. right. Like, I, yeah. right. So I think that's it. And then number one, you, you talked a little bit about being a PC gamer as well. Mm -hmm. These are the games I consider the design and vision games. These are the games I first started thinking about as like, oh shit, these games are art. Video games are art. Right. right. Uh, and that would be Half-Life. Oh, yes. Without a doubt. Uh, and to the same extent, Portal. I was literally about to say that, yes. Uh, and then the Bioshock series. That 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 triumvirate for me feels to me like this perfect marriage of design and vision and artwork and story and character and just it felt like something you would put in a museum about video games and be like, this is the height of... So let me yeah. add one to your list yeah, yeah. and you'll probably disagree with me. Well, let me hear it. I love it. Minecraft. I will not disagree with you because uh, all right, well, it's fun doing this podcast yeah. with you. I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. As a teacher, I, for, full stop. My nephew plays Minecraft. Yes. I played it with him maybe once, and I spent the twenty minutes hitting. I've a, played a lot of a Minecraft. Tree with a sword. Like, I, I didn't really yes. didn't know what I was doing. Yes, but the way that Minecraft has become ubiquitous in video gaming culture with all like the people younger than me is undeniable. I can't, right. they still play it. It has such a huge fan base and such a and huge And it's so base. simple. I, I, it's, and that was, it is I not mean, for me, I, but I can't deny it. I originally, like when my buddy, I remember I was in middle school. It was one of the first iterations of this game actually out to market. My buddy introduced me to it. And my first thought was, it's so simple. The graphics are so, I mean, obviously blocky and, pixelated yeah. and shit like that. It's an aesthetic choice, though. But then when you started playing it, it was, holy fuck, man. There was something about it addicting. And that, it, and just that world itself and how that the graphics were made it its own masterpiece. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and I think that would be a great one to add to that list. Uh, and I think, too, in the new era of Battle Royale shooters and like free-to-play yes. games and loot boxes, we are actually in the down cycle of the algorithm of the video game auteur. Like, Death Stranding is probably the closest thing right now out to a auteur-driven, design-driven video game where it feels like you're experiencing something that's like an artistic expression as well yes. as a video game. Whether or not Death, Death Stranding is any good is in here or there, and I've, I've heard right. mixed reviews, but... Um, yeah. yeah I, all right, so... I agree with you mm -hmm. with that Death Stranding is uh, like kind of like the benchmark right now when it comes to like storytelling. Yes, of sure. What doing. Yeah. I feel like, do you think video games are art? Yes. I also think, I am. We tried to discuss yeah. this a couple yeah. weeks ago. I am open to the idea. I think professional wrestling is art. Mm -hmm. I think street performing is art. I think a guy dressed as a robot in Times Square asking for money doing the robot thing is yeah. a certain. I, I have a very liberal interpretation of what okay. is art. I, I understand why people th will say it isn't. It's the same people. I, I also have the same idea who like Marvel movies aren't movies. Well, yeah. okay, sure, fine. Okay, if you if you want to have that kind of have view that on really it, yeah. tight. Definition. Yeah, if you want to have yeah. a tight definition, it's yeah. all it's all opinion. So I think it's just because like the some like I look at like the new iterations of the Tomb Raider franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Tomb Raider. It's one yeah, of my yeah. favorite things. Sure. Um, the full story of those three games are like. That would be like nine novels in my eyes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, how is this not being considered art? And this goes even farther back. Legend of the whole Legend of Zelda series. That's yes. straight out of that could be its own myth. If if everything died tomorrow mm -hmm. and we lost all material but the storyline of Legend of Zelda, that could become our fucking mythos in centuries. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like that is believable almost. Yes. 
Like, don't get me wrong. There's some other ones that make no sense. <laughs> yeah. You, you know no, I mean? absolutely. Um, like Star Fox. Anthrop- anthropomorphic animals up in right. fighter jets. I don't know about that. But look but, at the lore of Elder Scrolls. Yeah. like that World of Warcraft. There's, like, right. I don't like when uh, people like, dismiss video games before they understand like what they have. People did not... People were not prepared. Uh, you can call it the boomer generation if you want. I know that's like a slur now to say. Yeah. But like, boomer. I always I, I told this to you either on the podcast last week or after we talked about the podcast. Yes. There's this famous um, Far Side. You guys remember the Far Side? It was an old comic strip. It was like oh, a yeah, 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 yeah. Gary Larson. He's another guy, much like Rod Sterling, who I would love to sit down with and talk to. It seems really fascinating. It was this old Far Side strip, and it's this kid sitting in front of a TV playing ostensibly Mario Brothers. And the parents are sitting behind him with, like, a thought bubble in their head. And it's just, like, a picture of a classified ad, which is all these classified job listings, like, plumber wanted to save princess. Can yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, call this number. Like, mm-hmm. the idea of, like, these parents daydreaming uh, about what the future of, like, video games. Like, my kid is so good at video game, maybe he'll get a job doing it. Like, that was the right. joke in 1993. Yes. And now in the world we live in now of, like, people get $3 million to win a Fortnite tournament, right? I think it is easy to look at the idea that video games are not art. They're just some weird right. thing, right? Uh, but even like, even like a Nintendo game to a certain extent is art. We talked about it, like the music and the, yes. the, yeah. and the pixel art. It's a like, collaborative yeah. piece. Yeah. That's it, all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, I find it frustrating when video games get sort of the short shaft on it because video games yeah, probably touch more people culturally right now than yes. any television show, any movie that goes on just by right. the sheer users of it. Like, I, yeah. more people are watching, are playing some sort of video game probably tonight than watching the Monday night, the Sunday night football game. I'm right. almost sure of it. Yes. Like, I'd have to, I'd have to do the numbers. But my big thing is, is when people say they don't play video games, mm-hmm. everyone, I don't care who, if you have one of these devices that we call phones, you're playing some form of video game on there, regardless yeah. of what you think. If right. You're looking at Facebook. You have to go. You have to press buttons to look up whatever in its own way. You, you have Candy Crush and Farmville, friend requests. You, you're trying to get likes. You're playing a video yeah. game. You're essentially... Uh, only, you're interacting you're, with a virtual world. Yeah, you're playing... That's a version of a game. Like, you are you need to get likes. Like, I had a, a ex-girlfriend-ish... Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, that, Don't we all? That told me I played too many uh, video games when she was around. Like, you're on Instagram 24-7. Okay. You take so many pictures... You're trying to get likes. You're playing a video game. It's just different. What, right. what, what are you trying to prove to me right now? Right. So I, I'm, I'm a big supporter of video games. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, well, and in in, we sort of touched on it a second ago, sort of talking about like uh, video games as art. I am a little bit surprised that no one has been able to crack the code of a good, successful video game movie adaptation. And if you can think of one off the top of your head. Detective Pikachu. It's, the, closest, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the closest thing we've had to a good movie. It yeah. is not a bad movie, but like I had dreams about this dude. When I was do you a kid. do you not believe that the Mortal Kombat movie is a good movie? Which one? The first one. Oh come on, that's fantastic. Okay. Is it a really good movie though, or is it like a good movie, quote unquote? If you take out the whole, um, what's that called? Um, the plot of that movie, <laughs> <laughs> and you just did the fight scenes. It would be amazing. <laughs> Have you ever seen... Same goes with the Super Mario Brothers movie. Have you ever seen... That's just uh, deleted from history. <laughs> Have you ever seen Man in the High Castle? I fucking I love that show. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. I fucking love that show. Okay, Man in the High Castle. Int- really, really interesting show. It's a history major. I, I find it fascinating. Yes. The guy who plays the Japanese 
trade minister. He's really, really yes. good. He's really good. He's like the most captivating actor on the show. Yeah, and for really. the whole first season, I'm sitting here, I'm like, God, I, this guy is so good, but I know him from something. Right. And whatever it was, like the seventh episode, he said something, and I was just like, oh my God, it's Shang Tsung. I was like, oh my God. I was like, your soul is mine. And the whole and for the rest of the series, I was like, your That's soul right. is mine. And it's all I could think of for the entire, it kind of ruined the show for me, honestly. I was like, ah, Shang Tsung's going to take over this whole thing anyway. We're all screwed. So. Um, if it's the same, the guy that played the Shang Tsung in the movie, yeah, right? Yeah, he's the So, yeah. all right, fun fact. He also played Hai Hachi in Tekken. Did he? Yes, the, and he also <laughs> played, a, did a, um, a Great voice. the voice of a character, an um, important character in Street Fighter. I don't remember who, but he's essentially yeah. taken the role of every Asian <laughs> fighting game character. Uh, that's that awesome. Well, well, I'd said to you, though, like, there is a code somewhere out there. Like, yes. I, a couple of things I've thought of, and I've said this to you on the podcast, uh, I'm shocked that HBO or Showtime or one of these, like, Netflix style platforms hasn't said make us a Fallout twelve episode series. Phil, because, how long have I been screaming for a Fallout TV well, series? Because you you raised the point. A, a oh, Tomb okay. Raider, a Tomb Raider video I do, game. I, I said that to him. A Tomb Raider. Okay, yes. one. It's ten hours long. It's how much? How long is ten? Is a Tomb Raider game? Full story. Like, it full could story. be uh, twenty hours. Close to it. Yeah. That's three seasons of television. Yeah, you can't think, it, of movie. think about the outer worlds, and that's also there's yeah. books, and then there's been comic books, and right? Then there's all like it's just, this is going to be her nineteenth game or twenty plus game, right? Like she has this history of things she's done. Yeah. I would if Lara Croft became a net like they've done the movies. Yeah, the movie wasn't bad, but it's not good. <laughs> you know, what I'm I mean? shocked that there isn't someone has. I mean, The Witcher on Netflix now yes. is probably, and that's a book series, which right. we also talked about, not really a video game series, but. You know that that's going to be maybe a litmus test for what you well, see. Well, I just if it's saw successful. that a new Halo TV series now has a casting, and they have uh, released the first kind of information about it um, just yesterday. I didn't get the chance to read up on. I it, mean, though. could you not just make the PlayStation One version of Metal Gear Solid a a, a Netflix series as right. well, like an espionage or style? the Uncharted uh, series? I not, mean, you know, buy it. The problem. Well, the pro- I, I'm a big. Ho- Kojima fan. Yeah, yeah. So like what happened there? I like we don't know what happened there, but we know what happened there. He pretty much got too big from his britches mm. and he wanted to do a certain go a certain thing because he wanted to be done with yeah. Metal Gear Solid. That was supposed to be the ending. And they're like, Nope, you're doing more and he's like, I'm not doing it. And right. I, I just I don't know. And the uh, the last one I'll say is I know they made the Wreck It Ralph movies, but I'm also absolutely flabbergasted that Nintendo has not made an animated Super Mario Brothers movie for kids and adults. Do you know what I'm they're, saying? Like, a, yeah, they're working on it. Yeah, I've heard that they are working on it. For about a decade. Yeah, right, right. That's the issue. They've also been working on a Splinter Cell movie for about that time, too. Uh, well, they did. I know for sure they picked a studio. The people that do Despicable Me is okay. Illumination. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking Illumination about. Illumination yep. has uh, got the job. So they're working on it. However, you know how Nintendo's yeah. super picky how they have things. So well, they've yes. gone that, back multiple times. You can read up on the fact that a lot of that goes in that they were really embarrassed about uh, which well, how it was handled with the, the movie that came out in the 90s. Yeah. And uh, not to promote like other YouTube streamers and podcasters, there's a really good YouTube streamer I, uh, I watched, a uh, uh, content creator called The Video Game Historian. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And he does a really good... Uh, write up about the Super Mario Brothers movie and the directors who made it and what they were trying to accomplish. And it's right. actually a really, really fascinating, like, 25 minute right. thing about mm-hmm. the. I don't know, I'm a huge nerd for stuff like that. No, oh, I absolutely too. am yeah. too. Um, yeah, no, but I mean, you're right. And I said it last week on the podcast, and I said it uh, when we finished up your episode uh, l- earlier this week. 
Um, we have an entirely new generation of entertainers and directors and writers coming up right now, and these are people that, for all intents and purposes, have been influenced by the video games. Yeah. Uh, and I say the video games like an old person. Um, the old video games. Yeah, they've been influenced by the video games. Making uh, their brain warped. Uh, before it gets too late, because I probably I can't stay forever, No, absolutely. Uh, I do have one weird other... So this is the one other weird, like, sort of subsection that I, I wrote down that I thought was interesting. And it was just a weird subsection I called, quote, weird shit. Just okay. weird shit that I caught myself into into video games over the years, right? Okay. Okay, this is another deep dive lookup, much like Guerrilla War by SNK. <laughs> Are you familiar with the 1994 technological marvel that was the Sega Channel? The Snow. Okay, very good, very good. The Sega Channel... In 1994, was an incredibly ahead of its time, although highly flawed service. Okay. It what it basically was is you would take your Sega Genesis and you would put a what looked like a 32x style box that drops down into the top like an adapter. Okay. And on the back of that was a connector that would connect to your cable, your coaxial cable. Okay. And at the time in '94, it was an agreement between like Sega and Time Warner Cable. You could order a subscription-based service, a monthly subscription, and it would send you 30 video games to the Sega channel over the power of the coaxial-based internet no shit. that you could play whenever you want all month. Not all of them were great games. Right. Sometime, and there was a lot of really annoying things, so like when Street Fighter 2 was on there, it wasn't big enough to have all the characters at once. You had Street Fighter A and Street Fighter B and had like four characters each. Yes. But a lot of the games were just normal. You play Vector Man, Bomberman, yep. like Sonic games. It was a huge failure in terms of like making money. But it was crazy to think that in '94 we were already sort of in thinking about that, thinking about that transferring concept. data over coax cables, yeah. which is what we're, for all intents and purposes, is the standard now. I mean, we're transitioning to fiber optic, but yeah. I'm sure somebody's done a good YouTube. Uh, like video about the Sega Channel, but if you've never heard about that, it's a really fascinating little side. Yeah, I've never piece. heard of that. Yeah, the Sega in like w internet technology from the nineties, ninety four. Uh, the other one was a comp a sixteen bit competitor to Sega and Super Nintendo that I owned that I don't think anybody else ever had. Any of you guys ever had a Turbo Graphics sixteen from NEC? No. It sounds like a printer. Do you know what the PC Engine is? You ever heard of that in Japan? It was the American version of a Japanese video game system called the PC Engine. Okay. And uh, the only game of any real merit, the only character of any merit, was Bonk, who's a <laughs> caveman who would go around Bonk's I've adventure. I've heard of, yes. I had it's TurboGrafx-16, and it was really cool, and nobody had it. It's just It was right. this weird... It came out in the nether realm between when Genesis had taken... Uh, Regular Nintendo yes. was out, Genesis comes out, steals all their audience... TurboGrafx-16 comes out to compete with Genesis, sort of exists yes. in that middle period before Super Nintendo drops, then Super Nintendo and Sega go head-to-head, -head and uh, the TurboGrafx falls off the planet. So another really weird sort of failed video game experiment. What was right. cool about the TurboGrafx-16 is it instead of having games, like a cartridge, yep. right, it had... It looked like the end of an iPhone charger. It had like the little cards that you would okay. put into a slot yes. and it would play on the little like brass lines or it had a CD peripheral back then. So in like oh, whatever shit. year this was. Okay, so there you go. Uh, I, I have one last segment that I, I'm not going to record on my own phone, but sure. I, I, I just thought it'd be funny for yes. people out there. 
just a segment I'm calling Old Man Takes. And this is just a real quick hit of a bunch of old man complaints I have about video games. Okay. We, we've actually touched on a couple of these. Uh, I come from an era when you would buy a video game for $60. Let's call it, I don't know, Donkey Kong Country 3. Yeah. Dixie's Double Trouble. Whatever, right? right. right? You would buy this game for $60. And the game was the full game. And then there were, like, secrets and hidden things you have to find in different areas. But when you got to the end of the game, there was probably a, a meter that said, like, 100% completion. You've completed the game. Yes. That's the end. Game's over. When you got the game, when the game was shipped to you, unless it was a garbage game, it was finished. The entire vision yes. of the game was complete. You knew exactly the story. Fallout 76 is the obvious example, but even going back to the last 10 years, the trend of releasing a game that is knowingly unfinished... Yes. Hoping that people will like it enough to hang around for when it's uh, when it's is finished and yes. completed is very frustrating to me as a guy who grew up in a certain. We era. have a terribly unnerving trend going right now of first day patches that are the size of the oh fucking God. game. Destiny and was the first game I remember when Destiny, yeah, yeah. Fallout seventy six, uh, uh, Gears of War four and five, Call, Call of Duty, Duty. Guilty of it. All of them, but they're all guilty of that except for the fucking Outer Worlds. I haven't seen an update for that game bigger than a gig. I mean, that's what we talked about earlier. The, right. The, the sheer it plays amount like a game of that you pay money completedness. For. Uh, the other one, and this is a this is a hot old man take. Every video game is the same. Every single one. I've realized this as I play more and more games. Like, and I don't know if it's yes. just that I've been playing Outer World and I've been playing Fallout and they're very similar, but like. And this is like my oldest man taking the world. Like as I look through every single different video game, whether it's Call of Duty or Fallout or uh, Outer Worlds or uh, whatever, Army of Two, which is a really weird video yes. game. Thing never it's all kind of the same game, right? Right. Doom, Wolfenstein, whatever. Have we in professional wrestling? There is this idea that we have given the audience too much. In like right. the '90s and the attitude, of people going off the top of chairs and going yes. off through a table. At some point in time, there's like a heightened expectation for what you're going to see that you're never going to match. Right. Right. We've already seen everything. It's really hard to make a video game that doesn't feel like an homage or yes. doesn't feel like it's aping something from somewhere else. It feels really hard today, and I'm not even knocking developers. It just seems really hard to right. come up with a fresh, new, unique take on a game that isn't referencing something that already exists. Right. So yeah. uh, to go to that point, I mean, it's like we talk about it in comedy a lot in stand-up comedy. There's only so many different ways you can tell a story, and we've kind of run into that. And I feel like as people get older, that's why they fall out of video games. That's yes. why people kind of grow out of video games because they've played all the stories enough times. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I can still get enjoyment out of all these stories because I can still, you know, find myself immersed in it and and see the the actual technical updates that we're making to these games. I think that's one of the most fun parts of video games is pulling apart the in-depth like how is this different than the last one? How are we improving? How are we getting better at this? And pointing out these little uh, intricacies. Um, but you're right in story in, you know, content of game. It's it's a lot of the same shit. Yeah. Um, but I mean, shit, you look at IPs like, uh, we talked about it earlier, Titanfall. That was kind of a unique take on, you know, the, the mech robot kind of thing. Sure. Uh, but I also feel like there's a lot of genres that we're just blatantly ignoring right now. Uh, and my last question for you guys was, what is your most prized video game possession? Whether it's a particular game you own or a piece of hardware or whatever that you have floating around. Oof, that's a good one. Uh, I would probably have to say that N64 sitting right there behind N64. you. That or my PC that I built. 
because I built it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, it's mine. I you know upgrade it all the time. I love it. So um, it's pretty yeah. fair. Uh, that or the retro N64, like I said. Yeah. yeah. I got two. Uh, one is uh, I still have my Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Quest. Yep. Yep. I still got mm-hmm. the cartridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my other Super Nintendo, my Super Nintendo broke, and then I sold off all the games, but I kept that because it was one of my favorites. And I won from Blizzard a World of Warcraft mouse. Oh, uh, okay. In a contest. So that is kind of, I still have that. Yes, that is so cool. That's one thing that I'm very happy I still have. Yeah. I have one of those crummy Fallout 76 vinyl bags. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, no. Uh, I would say... I, I got one of the canvas bags. Same line. I still actually have the physical... SNES copies of Super Metroid, NHL 96, Donkey Kong 1 and 2, uh, Mortal Kombat 2. Like, I just yeah. have them around. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to have, there's three I lost, though, that really hurt me to this day. My sister took my copy of Yoshi's Island, Super Mario oh, World 2, ow. to uh, Syracuse University when she went to college, <sighs> okay. and I never got it back. Uh, and I also had a hard copy of. Uh, Symphony of the Night on CD for PlayStation 1, and then this one really bothers me. I wish I still had it. I had a hard copy version of Shadows of the Colossus for PlayStation 2, which I traded in at some point in time you know to get a different game wow. years along the way and i wish that i had kept that one what a that great one, fucking game that one's hard to find anywhere yes. i know they remade it but or, right I know but, what we're talking about next podcast because the amount of games that are now worth like quadruple money. the price yes that i <laughs> sold crazy. for like 15 bucks the game's up thanks guys yeah try and go into retro games right now down in sangertown mall and pick up a mario kart you yeah. know the, like n64 mario kart's like 80 bucks it's yeah. crazy it's wild um, but we've got to end this yeah, because we've been going hell, for just two yeah, and a half hours. That, guys. No, dude, it's yeah. I love it. I like talking about video games and shit. Uh, I really got to pee. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, this has I, been the 32-Bit Arena podcast. What do you got to plug, buddy? Uh, just real quick, Uticast.com every week. New episodes coming yes. out. Uh, MadeInUtica.com, Handshake.City. Support MadeInUtica and Handshake City uh, as we want to keep doing cool shit. Uh, Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook. We're all taking over the web. Uh, yes. That's about it. Yeah. Make sure to check them out. Those yeah. are the guys Thanks, at the Unicast. We, we had you. a great time on your episode. Uh, Thanks, what, man. 255, you said? 257. 258. 258. Jesus. 258. I have to look at the list. I don't remember. Good for you, buddy. What do you got to plug, bud? Uh, November 16th, this Saturday, is the second roast battle at the yes. Town Theater. Nice. Um, I No one in this room is in it, but we have uh, eight, seven new comedians. Mike Peters come back for his title. Be there at 8 o'clock. Tickets are on sale at the Uptown Theater. And, of course, you can f- see me every Wednesday at the Uptown practicing my shit. How's my buddy Pete Connors doing over there? Is he doing okay? Uh, he's in the roast battle. We'll find out. <laughs> Give him hell, Pete. <laughs> awesome. And uh, as always, this has been the 32 Bit Arena podcast. You can catch me at the Uptown Theater Wednesday nights slinging some, uh, some comedy jokes and uh, maybe some improv here and there. I don't know. I've just been busy lately. So uh, you can catch the other podcast, the Fishbowl podcast. You can catch the Up Next Sports Show on uh, Wednesday nights and you know, the video game live streaming infrequently. But, you know, this has been a good show and a lot of fun with you guys. So uh, we're going to be back to talk with you guys next week and nerd out with you. Uh, goodbye.
all the to all the listeners. I keep saying viewers. I don't know why I want. To I don't say. know what you're doing. Always say viewers. Uh, I really, I'm really glad all the listeners out there cannot see the sheer amount of tech problems <laughs> that I am having today. And I just, I can't believe this episode will probably get finished in terms of recording the episode faster than normal. But it's going to take me hours to edit this. <laughs> this is going to be, uh, this is going to be rough. But what was not rough was the time I spent. Uh, with Josh and Phil over at 32-Bit Arena. So thank you again to those lads for having me over to talk about uh, video games. Um, Kev, do you have any video game thoughts? I was going to ask you. Like, you know, we've, we don't really talk too much about video games on here. You've seen me play a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your, like, uh, you know, do you have any thoughts about video you game know, culture in general, like video games? What's your... I, I don't know. I mean, I've got numerous thoughts. Tons of thoughts. Um... I'll give you one that I haven't used, right? So um, I talked to did old man takes on their show. I did a couple of those. My current old man take is that all video games are exactly the same, no matter what game it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same. that's fine. Right. That's fair. Uh, but one I didn't share on the show. I feel as though now in my life, I've gotten to a point where I have a harder time justifying like playing video games. I probably talked about this with you mm-hmm. off the podcast before, but. I'm really enjoying this new video game that I'm playing and the game that I was asked to come on this podcast to talk about ostensibly. Sure. And I'm not, I'm not like, mad about the time I've spent playing it. Um, but I do, like, I, it is harder for me to justify, like, finding time for it. Like, I look around the house, I'm like, the house is kind of a mess. I probably should have not played this video game for, like, three hours. <laughs> I don't know. It just, I don't know if it's an age thing or just a shifting responsibilities thing. I can't tell. Uh, I mean, yeah, part of it's probably all in your head, and then part of it's probably just, like, shifting and getting a little bit older and having the stuff you care about change a little bit. Was there any time in your life when you were playing a lot of video games? No. No, not really. Not re- I mean, when I was a kid and, like, people, and we were playing them, you know what I mean? Like, we'd all play, like, Nintendo. I, there was never a time where I was playing a lot of video games on my own. I will try my best after this episode and a little bit of last week's episode to not talk about video games for the foreseeable future. Uh, yeah, you've been you've really been indulging yourself the last couple of weeks, I gotta say. I think it's just because... Because um, you love video games? Oh, because I'm playing a video game that you I'm enjoying video for games? the Because you're a yeah, yeah. giant gamer? You think that's what it is? <laughs> I'm still, again, I'm still having personal concerns about how to justify turning time over to it when I have lots of work to Well, do. you know what's crazy to me from like a, kind of an outsider perspective on that is like, you know... You know, you play some video games. You like to play video games for sure. You know, yes. You're a gamer, whatever. But on the scale of, like, people that are, like, gamers, people like capital G gamers, yes. I couldn't imagine a scenario where in which, like, you were playing, like, full, like, all the time video games like that. It would seem insane to me. Um, I look I, at that when I see people. Yeah, I think you're totally right because I look at, like, people. I used to play that game Fallout I was playing, right? I'm a pretty right. high level. I've played a lot of time in that. I would still go on there, and there's people at, like, exponentially higher levels. Right. And I'm like, I put a lot of time those, into this. Those, I mean, a lot of those, too, yeah. are probably, like, you know, kids. kids. That was another old man take I had, too, is that I can't play with kids because kids have, like, flash, uh, fast twitch motor reflexes, and I lost that years ago like you mm. play like a, a call of duty style game or something like that and i just can't i can't keep up with a kid who's like a virtuoso on the controller I'll take your word for it that's why these kids are out here winning millions of dollars playing like Fortnite and stuff i couldn't i can't hang with those kind of kids too good okay so heather is not here so in her honor i've only concocted one real history lesson uh here today something i learned on my trip to the museum uh, in 1841, American artist John G. Rand secured a patent for the first collapsible tin tube. It was designed to mix uh, oil paint. 
This was really a problem for artists who wanted to paint landscapes in the uh, in the pre eighteen hundreds. Had to carry all of their paint in easily damageable glass vials and tubes out with them into the unknown wilderness land of America uh, to paint. Uh, this invention, however, besides being a great way to transport paint, became an important American invention. Uh, for all types of manufacturing, including semi-liquid squeezable materials from pesto and hand cream, and most popularly, toothpaste. So if you're ever curious where toothpaste comes from, or the toothpaste tube, look to oil painting, and of course, the American artist, John G. Rand. Mm. It does make me wonder how many things that we have around were just invented by accident. Like, total, like, just uh, happenstance, you know what I mean? Like, convenience type things. I don't know if that counts as by accident, but, like, reappropriated for something maybe yeah. is a better term. right, right. Like it's not a mistake. That's, right, right, I guess that's true. Yeah, I wonder how many things like that get, you know, reappropriated in that same way over and over again, right? Tons of, tons of yeah. things. Tons, so much, so much things. Uh, the All other the things. <laughs> uh, the other history lesson I had today You was... said there was only one. How are you uh, going to lie? Oh, well... How are uh, you going to just lie? Well, it's not even a history lesson. Uh, we didn't go into it, but I really wanted to go into Fountain Elms. And I was looking up... Do you, guys, do you actually know what Fountain Elms is? Like, what actually the building itself was? Uh, isn't that just the house? Yeah, but you know, like, who like, lived there and all that kind of stuff? Ah, oh, some of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, uh, Helen Elizabeth Munson Williams and James Watson Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, you ever been inside that house? It's really, Yeah. It's... I didn't like it as a kid, but I really want to go back in now. I'm very curious. To oh, I liked it. it as a kid. I've been in, yeah, it's, yeah, you should go. It's great. As a kid, I found the idea of looking at, like, old furniture didn't, like, do it for me. Uh. <laughs> I was just like, eh, I don't want to look at, like, a table. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just like, man, how would you live like this? It's like, it's so meticulous in there. I feel like I would break everything if I sat down in it. It's like going to my mom's house. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. Like, everything's so meticulously designed. There's, like, nowhere mm-hmm. comfortable to sit. No, uh, old preserved Victorian homes do not look specifically comfortable. I think their idea of comfort was a little bit different than ours, though, as well. That's true. I wonder when, like, uh, I wonder when we decided that we'd rather just be comfortable. <laughs> is this, just this year, I think. This was the year. Just this year? Just this year. I see. Uh, and the only other weird history lesson I have is go to The Ringer and read their article about a brief history of green mist in professional wrestling. Wrestlers who spit green mist in people's face. Uh, and the only reason I bring that up is, it, you know, doing the video game show this week. It's weird how much stuff I know that's, like, dumb history. Like, I know the history of, like, a lot of video games and Godzilla movies and sure. wrestling stuff. It's not, like, useful history. <laughs> I wish there was a course where I could just teach, like, pop culture history. There is. You can get a doctorate in pop culture. I know. I know. You're that's, not going to get a job with that doctorate. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. No one's hired me with my pop culture doctorate. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like uh, something I would have been pretty good at. I remember a lot of mm-hmm. dumb stuff. Is there anything specifically you feel like you know too much about that's not important? Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I know a lot about a lot of things that I guess probably aren't important, per se. Right. What counts as important? Like, is my knowledge of all the Intercontinental Wrestling Champions... That's not important. That's yeah, not important. You. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. Just weird stuff that I happen mm-hmm. to know. I think about song lyrics is, a really, is one I think about all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of space in my brain that is just reserved for, like, remembering weird song lyrics when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And I don't even try to anymore. They're just there. Right. Wish I could sort of trade those out for something a little more useful. Some, some new info? Yeah, maybe some coding skills or something. I don't know. Just something more. Works. No, I know. It's not the Matrix. I understand that you can't just... Although that would be dope. You, you're done. You're, you're off the video games. That's true. Uh, speaking of something out of a video game, quick news Jesus. story this week. Uh, you see that there is a new movie coming out uh, that's actually going to star a CGI James Dean. Have you read about this at all? I mean, I've yeah, people. I see that people are upset. 
I mean, I'm not. No one's really upset, are they, about this? Oh, like, are you, Sam? Are you kidding me? Yeah, people are furious. I mean, I can't imagine besides themselves. Here's my thing. It doesn't make me upset. No. I'm just sure it's not going to be good. Of course not. Like, how could so, it, I just? An, I would be really impressed, actually, if they made a CGI James Dean movie and it was and he was great. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. Like, this guy's a really good digital actor. Because I've again, I've played video games. The video game characters are not good actors. So I feel like a CGI James Dean is just going to be acting like a video game character. Yeah. It's not going to look good. I mean, I was... This doesn't bother me any more or less than the Tupac one, I suppose. Uh, I guess you're making a whole movie about it. But, like, the Tupac thing was just like a... Yeah, Tupac thing's way worse. Is that way worse? Yeah, for sure. It's like a one-off thing at a concert. Yeah, live in front of, like, people. <laughs> yeah. And so you're putting... It's, so, so it's, it's like put, it's putting cartoons in front of people. Yeah, but this for the show. This, this is this is just a cartoon that they're making. This is bringing back a dead person as a cartoon and putting it in theaters for people to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I don't know if that's any that's better. better. Or, is that better? Yeah, yeah, that's way better. Ah, uh, well. Either they're both somewhat unsettling. They're both dumb and not. They're both for me. dumb and not. Yeah, both dumb. I don't care literally at all. <laughs> if I cared any less, I'd be dead. <laughs> uh, after the sickness, I'm glad that you're not dead. Yeah. Uh, Still on the the fence. Something that did die this week is legendary 30 years plus CNY pool hall Hippos, which is finally gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flooding. Years of flooding seem to be the final nail Mm -hmm. in the coffin for Hippos, which we did spend a little bit of time at growing up playing pool a little bit. I remember at least five times I've been to Hippos playing pool with teenagers. Uh, Did you see the sign that they left on the door on the way out? I heard about it. Uh, What did you think of that move? Funny? (coughs) uh, Uncouth? Where did you fall on the scale of... It's like, I mean... It seemed a little low effort, actually. Yeah, first and foremost, I don't care at all. Um, but, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> cool, guys. You, you got him. You got him. You got him. good. Hey there, folks. Uh, so, I've now recorded this multiple times. Uh, as you may be able to tell by the time we get to the end of this episode, multiple technical issues uh, that I've had over the course of the last couple hours. So, uh, we did record 10 minutes, Kevin and I, after uh, where we ended up right here. Uh, so if in case you're curious about what we talked about, it was, uh, a CGI James Dean movie, uh, Martin Scorsese continuing to complain about Marvel movies, uh, the four day work week they're trying out in Japan and Microsoft and cornhole as a professional sport. We had obviously the funniest jokes we've ever written in our entire career. So too bad you missed out on those, but, um, we will clean up a lot of the tech issues next week. I do apologize. Um, But again, folks, enjoy your week. Uh, Thank you for joining us. As always, thanks again to the folks from 32-Bit Arena. Uh, Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. The tape machines are rolling. We are, for real this time, desperately out of time. Uh, And we will see you next week on the Udicast. Take care.